The concept of upgrading our body to access a higher frequency is one that has been around for centuries. It is a concept that has been explored in many spiritual and metaphysical contexts, and it is one that is gaining more attention in the modern day. In this Light Up Your Worth episode, myself, your host, Debbie McAllister, and my friend, acupuncturist, metal device developer, writer, healer, and teacher, Darren Starwin, discuss the concepts of the avatar in which ordinary people can become avatars by awakening to a higher level of consciousness and by upgrading their cells and DNA to hold a higher frequency. He also shares the importance of meditation and mental hygiene to integrate these spiritual gifts. I cannot wait to share this episode with you. Darren and I had just a really beautiful conversation. And I want you to know that this podcast episode is hosted by Light Up Your Worth Coaching for my Unstuck Coaching Program. So if you've been looking to make some changes in your life, and you want support and accountability on that journey of yours to achieving the greatest goals, I would love to be able to help you. A little about me. I'm a fur baby mom. I was once a single mama to an empty nester of a son who continues to inspire me. I'm a spiritual diva and a midlife resilient woman who did not give up on herself until I discovered my own worth and self-acceptance after five decades of struggle and I found peace. I guide spiritually curious women to release mental and emotional blocks that keep them stuck so that you can discover your unbelievable resources within yourself, ignite your light, and empower you to building a consciously intentional radiant life. I'd like to be able to connect with you and see if we're in a line for a possible partnership. So until then, here is Darren. You are listening to Light Up Your Worth with transformational coach Debbie McAllister, whose vision is to provide spiritual connection, magical learning, and positive resources for your toolbox to raise the consciousness and frequencies for you and our Mother Earth, to discover the unbelievable resource within yourself. This podcast is for you, the spiritually curious, seeking inspiration, hope, and practical knowledge as you navigate healing, personal growth, and development, as you move forward with confidence, building a consciously intentional, radiant life. Each week, you will be given an all-access pass into the lives of other spiritual souls, energetic healers, spiritual modality experts, thought-provoking life coaches, empowering therapists, and uplifting authors who are real and vulnerable as they share their own unique journeys through healing and offer their gifts. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much wisdom, it will motivate you to light up your worth. Thank you for tuning in. Embrace your brilliant, gorgeous, and talented, worthy self. Hello, this is Debbie, and this is Light Up Your Worth. I'm so excited for our guest today. You are going to absolutely love this episode. I have with me my friend, Darren Starwin. And Darren has had a long career as an acupuncturist, a medical device developer, a writer, healer, teacher, integrating therapeutic systems from around the world. He has written four groundbreaking books led hundreds of workshops and seminars, and invented several vibrational devices used worldwide. He has helped innovate advanced mind-body healing systems. Welcome, Darren. Well, it's so good to be here with you, Debbie, and thank you for that introduction. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited too. I didn't even think, oh, a medical device developer. I was like, oh, I have a Healy. So <laughs> I'm wondering yeah. if that well, we'll get into that later if, if it's anything similar to that or. Well, this is the ones that I've developed were a lot bigger and more expensive than Healy. They're designed for doctor's offices. And so pain management, facial like anti-aging, facial rejuvenation. And then we developed all these other uses like weight loss and balancing chakras and dealing with you know, post-traumatic stress. So it's energy medicine. There's so many different things we could do with that. Yeah. Oh, wow. How fascinating. 
but maybe we'll dig into some of that even too. I was, you know, I, I know I was, uh, once I got hooked on trying something, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. And I've actually seen some of these in, um, and some of more holistic centers, I've seen some different types yeah. of like chakra balancing and vibrational stuff that was really different other than that small handheld. So, um, well, thanks for joining us. And I wanted to um, start us out by, I know one of the books that you recently wrote talks about avatars. That's right. And so I wanted to see if you would explain, I'm really curious to learn about what exactly is an avatar? Right. Well, I'm glad you started with that because um, that is my name of my latest book, Awakening the Avatar Within. And I was in, I went to India actually when I was only 19 years old to be in a spiritual ashram with a guru. So I started very young being interested in things like that. And when I was there in India, I heard that word avatar and it was referring to these um, kind of like God beings, like, like kind of like they say, it's like God or the divine coming into a human body. And then basically kicking butt and making big changes in the world. So there was Krishna and there was Rama. And then later I learned Jesus was an avatar and Buddha was an avatar and Kuan Yin and you know, all these very famous people that I guess the definition is it's a person that literally changes the world through them being in the planet. They have a big effect on lots of people. And now there's more modern avatars like Martin Luther King or Gandhi or, you know, there's many, you know, people that are having these huge effects. So that's the original meaning of it. So when I started writing this book, I was getting downloaded with all these messages. I mean, it was literally like I was, when I was young, I thought I was about as psychic as a piece of granite. I felt like I couldn't <laughs> pick up anything beyond my logical brain, <laughs> you know, but somehow like through doing a lot of this holistic healing work and meditation and whatever my came a lot of things started opening up for me where I was getting literally like these messages and almost like taking dictation. And, and I was, I, I was told that it was the spirit of Jesus giving me these messages and the divine mother. And I grew up Jewish where there was no belief in Jesus as anything, but just another Jewish guy who prophet who lived in the ancient time. So it just came from someplace other than a belief system I already had. And, and so what I, what I was being told is that, we're in a time now where ordinary people like us can be avatars if we just choose to awaken to that. It's not just a special superstar like Jesus or Buddha or, or Krishna. It's, it's all of us that can be avatars. And so that's what that book's about. So to be more specific, what that means is that to be an avatar literally means raising your consciousness to a higher level than most humans vibrate at, like where you're less caught up in the conditioned mind that's been programmed by your parents and society and the media and the different um, you know, belief systems. And you start actually feeling your own inner truth. And then your body has to change to be an avatar. Like it's not just a mental thing. It actually means literally, I call it upgrading your body. Your cells and your DNA have to be able to learn to hold a higher frequency. So all those things go into being an avatar. Oh, that's fascinating. You know, I know you, uh, you talked, you just mentioned like raising our frequencies and, and I believe you had mentioned that, you know, how we have to upgrade our body to be able to accept those higher level frequencies and that vibration that we're going to now put out. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I lived in Boulder, Colorado back in the seventies, where there's kind of a lot of hippies and people were dabbling in all kinds of spirituality. I kept hearing about people that said like they had an open third eye and they could see all these images and do all these readings. And these people half the time were sick or going through huge mood swings. And eventually I realized that they weren't in a balanced state. A lot of them, like they were able to access these, what you said, call them spiritual gifts, but they weren't like in a grounded state where they were integrating it a lot. So I feel like, um, what I've learned is that it, it takes like certain forms of meditation, certain forms of breathing and certain ways that, like you might call it mental hygiene, like just being careful what you feed into your brain, like watching news on TV is poison for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and gradually your inner life starts having more light and more of a lightness. And, and I literally feel your cells change. And it's and like for people to go through that body upgrade, they start, you know, wanting to maybe eat slightly different foods or 
um, you know, consume different things, you know, what kinds of books or movies they watch or whatever it is. And sometimes some of your friends fall away. You just can't stand being around people that are just gossiping all the time or being critical and negative. And you just feel like you, and it can be lonely actually, you know, for it. But eventually you do draw new people to you that are more vibrating like that. Yeah. It's interesting how, uh, like brings like together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I can completely understand. I can't even imagine the boulder, what it looked like in the seventies. I lived there for a few years, like 2004 to 2007. And, uh, wow. It was, uh, the magical vortex of energy there. It really was. Yeah. I mean, all these famous gurus from India and all that were coming to Boulder back in those days. And I, I, I met one and actually lived with him and went over to India with him. And so I had quite a lot of experiences back in those days. Oh yeah. That sounds fascinating. So in your book, uh, you talk about people who've gone through a long series, um, of doctors, healers, uh, psychologists, spiritual teachers, or even shamans, shamans in, in an attempt to get, uh, freed up from long-term issues such as anxiety, chronic pain, or post-traumatic stress. Um, and in the book, it claims that you have a solution for this to be more effective. Um, what is, what is the solution that you're talking about? Yeah, that's, that's something, that thing you just quoted, that it's, again, something I noticed from just knowing so many people over such a long period of time and going through my own changes is that, yeah, there's so many people, you know, they hear about this teacher and that teacher and the latest book or the latest, you know, workshop that's going on or um, motivational speakers or join a new religion or, just go study a new subject and and you'd think that after all that they'd be really happy and feeling really fulfilled and feeling like i'm just buzzing with my life purpose but a lot of them don't they still feel like there's uh, like well i'm doing all this but there's still this weight in me there's there's something in me that like maybe some kind of old trauma i haven't been able to heal or something and it's so that's been sort of something that's intrigued me all my life because I've had that too. I'm not just talking mm-hmm. about it. I've had that feeling of doing tons of inner work and tons of, I've had, I've, in fact, I've been on so many spiritual paths. I became pathological. <laughs> you know, I just kept taking in all this information and studying yeah. these different teachers and going to different parts of the world. And I, and I noticed that in many ways, my life got lighter and better, but there was still like quite a weight, like a feeling like I'm not quite doing the right thing yet. I'm not quite like on my, on my most like fulfilling thing yet. And that was a bummer. <laughs> it was difficult, you know? And so many other people were going through that. So I had this really deep urge, like what, how can I actually really live my true purpose? Like really live it, not have a philosophy about it or do it half-assed, but really live it. And how can I help other people do that? And what I've discovered is it has to do with this thing with the avatar, that there is a we are programmed to stay small. We are programmed to stay asleep to our true self. I call that the taboo against knowing who you really are. Alan Watts wrote a book by that name back in the 60s, but I feel like it's so true. Like we, Even people who are very spiritual and aware people are often still held down by this inner taboo that says, yeah, you can, you know, you can meditate and you can you know, have these cool experiences and you can do yoga and you can but you can't really know who you are. And so I feel like I faced a lot of that inside myself, some of the demons of that kind of thing. And eventually had some awakenings. I could say it's major awakenings of seeing, wow, I'm this, I'm this spiritual guy who's teaching all these seminars and who's coaching people, but I'm still kind of like going downhill at some level. Like I'm still not, I mean, I wasn't depressed. There wasn't anything that heavy, but somehow there's like a deadness. There wasn't. And so when I had these awakenings, I feel what happened is that it was almost like God read me the riot act and said, Darren, if you want to really live, you got to make some changes. And the changes I made is I really dedicated myself to becoming a quantum healer, to doing like these inner changes I'm talking about. And I went to quite a few different teachers and healers and each one taught me something. Then I went on to the next one and Eventually, it just kind of opened up in me that I can work with the quantum field, which is this field that fills the whole universe that has every potentiality is in the quantum field. And 
rather than me trying to heal somebody, that it just happens, like when you connect people to that field. And so it's been much more miraculous what I've experienced since then, since that. Yeah, I that sounds kind of vague, or does that sounds clear to you? Is it a little hard? No, to no, it, it makes sense to me. And I think about, you know, we have um, there are discussions about what exactly is the, this quantum field, right? Because there's a lot of um, healing modalities that connect in with a quantum field, something greater than themselves. And um, I'd be interested to hear how you would describe what that quantum field is. Yeah. Well, the thing I want to say to anybody listening to this is that it's something you already know. It's not some weird esoteric thing that someday you'll discover. You've already known this all your life since you were a baby, since before, you know, it's, it's a sort of a, a, a sense of well-being that just for no real reason, it's just something that you sense, like you feel connected. Like in those moments where you just kind of just feel connected to the universe or, um, you're actually feeling the quantum field. And it's also another aspect of that could be called the fifth dimension. It's a dimension of experience where there's no opposites. There's no positive and negative or the Republicans and the Democrats or the good and the evil. There's just, there just is. And so that's something which we all actually know, but we probably don't call it by that name. And most people are flitting in and out of it. Like it's kind of, it's hard, like it's hard just to stay in it. So I think a lot of it's not so much that we have to, get to know the quantum field it's like how do you learn to stay in the quantum field how do you learn to keep your nervous system engaged in in that connectedness oh that's that was really good about we already have already experienced it we just have to stay connected to it so yes. is that like for an example when people go to do journaling and all of a sudden you're not really thinking about it. You're kind of like free flowing journaling or typing if that's how people are doing it or you're, you're writing or they're painting. And next thing you know, they have this beautiful work of art and it just kind of flowed through or, or I've even found if I'm like putting together, say a presentation and it's just not feeling like it's flowing. Yeah. But then there's other times where I'm like, I'm in the flow, right? I'm in the zone. And I feel like that's when I am connected in. It just flows right through me. Yeah, people call it the zone. Um, like even you know, pro athletes, they say when they're in the zone, they can just see the ball in slow motion and catch it more easily or whatever it is. So, I mean, there's different aspects of it. That, but, but in some sense, when you have those feelings you're talking about, when you're in flow, you might say the rapid chaotic vibration of your mind for whatever reason has kind of gone taken a back seat for those moments and then you're just more aware of, of this quantum field of this fifth dimension and so the question i wanted to ask is what does it take to stay in this what does it take to have your life be this rather than just an occasional peak experience and so many people use you know substances to try to bring themselves in that you know pot and alcohol and constant you know media entertainment or whatever it is or intense sports, you know, doing like super intense sports can put you in the zone because it's so, your body's so completely engaged. But how can you do that without having to do all that stuff? Just being in it. And I'll tell you, this is, you said you wanted to go kind of deep, Debbie. Yep, so I'm, yep. I'm, you sell me that in advance. So watch yes, it. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you is that most people have probably seen the movie The Matrix with Keanu Reeves, you know, the first original Matrix movie. And there's this famous scene in there where Neo, the, the Keanu Reeves character, is brought to this house where there's this guy named Morpheus, who's this kind of a mysterious guy, and there's thunder outside. And then Morpheus um, gives him two pills, a red pill and a, and a blue pill, and says, if you take the blue pill, you'll just wake up tomorrow morning and dream whatever you want to think about life. In other words, you're still kind of in the illusion. But if you take the red pill, you're going to awaken and see what's really going on and you'll find out how deep the rabbit hole of reality really goes. So that's such a famous scene because people resonate with that, that that's really happening. And so what, what I found by taking the red pill is no, it didn't make me a Trump supporter who has right wing, because a lot of people take red pill, you know, say that red pill experience is when they become much more like a, into that kind of belief system. But to me, it's beyond any polarization. It's not about for me, I've seen that there is a dark force that has been manipulating the human race throughout our whole history. That's been like a parasitic force 
that's been using us as like food, a food source, like just living off our negative emotions and conflicts and warfare. And that dark force thrives on our negativity. And it, and it kind of works through people to stimulate much more negativity and conflict than we would normally do if we were left to our own devices. And that, like if you, like there was a famous story from World War I where there was these, these British troops lined up in a trench and then these German people lined up in a trench, these young men, and they're supposed to, you know, trying to kill each other, obviously, in war. And Christmas Day, the commanders said, let's have one day cease fire because it's Christmas. So some British guy threw a ball out and it fell in the German trench and then they kicked it back. And soon all these young men came out of the trench and started just playing with each other, you know, the Germans and the British, like they were, like they were friends. Mm -hmm. And then these commanders came back and said, oh, we'll shoot you if you play with those enemy. You have to get back in the trenches and kill those people. So I think that story is kind of like a good example of what's been done to the human race. We've been kind of artificially goaded into being much more in conflict than we would normally be. And so uh, that's a big part of why our minds are so overactive. There's so much trauma and there's so much like unnecessary crazy. Why should we have warfare in, in, you know, in Ukraine at a time where there's such advanced human consciousness and technology and mm -hmm. why are we, you know, like ignoring our planet, you know, and like another is I don't want to get into a political discussion, but let's just say, there is something manipulating us. So in order to live as an avatar, you have to free yourself from that. You have to actually step out of the slavery of that type of thing. Wow. So how, how do you do? Well, first of all, I've heard that story about World War One. And yeah. in fact, I, I've always wondered, was it a urban myth? Or did it actually happen? I've asked myself this. Yeah. And then because of how I think I came across it because I like history. So I remember reading about that example and then wondering, I wonder if that actually did happen or was just that some propaganda, right? That got thrown out there with the propaganda machines that were, well, that are still around. And so I'm wondering then how, depending on if people have taken the blue or the red pill, and I'm thinking most people who are listening to the podcast here, I've, I've been on some type of journey, you know, yes. <laughs> or whether no matter where they are in this, the spectrum of their journey, they're starting to see things differently. They're, they're questioning themselves. They're questioning things that have happened in their life or trying to release traumas. And so how, how do we then take that information? We've taken that, that red pill. And then how do we then stay in you know, connected to where we're surrounded more by positive and not get, let all the, all that negativity drag us down. Because I feel like sometimes as an empath, sometimes it takes more work now at times yeah, than it did say 15 years ago on my journey. Yeah. That's a really great question. And it's something so many people are struggling with. How do you not get brought down by all the negativity? And I feel like I'm, I have a solution that I'm discovering for myself and helping other people discover. And that is that it's knowing who you really is breaking that taboo against knowing who you are, because if you're in the, the part of the mind that many people have called the slave self, I know that's a very intense name, but I'm going to use it. I think it's accurate. The slave self is the part of us that can be manipulated. That we can, our emotions can be manipulated you know, by so many things like by the news media, you know, by different, political beliefs or by your, even by, you know, your intimate partner or whoever it is, then it will be, you know, if you're in that part of the mind where you can be manipulating, you're pretty sure you, you're probably, you will be, but you actually can free yourself from it. It's totally possible to do that. And it's, and the, and it's by when you feel the radiance of your true self energy, which is very available, like we've been talking about, it's right there. It's sort of like you become the duck where the water goes off your back and one of my other books was called Reclaiming Your Calm Center. And it just gave all these like, meditations for how you stay in your calm center and become what I call unfreakable. It just means that all this stuff happens to you and it, you just don't react that much because you're feeling that the stability of that true self. And yeah. there's specific methods. It's, I'm not just saying it as a general, there's specific practices, like meditation practices and things that really help people to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I could share one easy one right now if you're open to that. Oh, you betcha. 
I love hands-on. <laughs> yeah, let's do, let's do hands-on. So I'm just going to say, this is one of the simplest practices there is. And any of you listening can do this right away and experience the benefit. And what that is, is it's a simple, like um, the, the first step you do is you, is you put the tip of your tongue on the roof of your mouth, slightly behind your two front upper teeth. as a little point on the upper palate. So you're not actually touching the teeth, but a little bit behind them. And that's, that actually hooks up these big energy circuits in your body, just that simple thing like that. And then you breathe deeply in your lower abdomen at the same time while you keep your tongue in that position. So just try that for a moment. Just keep your tongue there and breathe in your lower abdomen and just intend to relax your body as much as you can. And that immediately starts shifting your energy patterns. And then you can say, either silently or out loud, I now call all of my energy back into my own body. Actually say those words like you really mean it, like very, you know, like you're like a strong intention. I now call all of my energy back into my own body. I now call all my energy back into my body. And then if you just like notice, you may feel a little shift. Mm -hmm. And then from that shift of calling energy back in your body, you intend that some of that energy go down your legs into the earth. So you're actually connecting a few feet down into the earth, like a lightning rod. And then the final step of that attunement is called loving presence. Like you've called your energy in, your tongue's in that position, you're breathing, grounding, and then you just say, I now choose loving presence. And it's like a little bit of an adjustment toward your heart. Now, I just, I feel very different just from having done that. And what, and what do you feel, Debbie? Just like mm -hmm. that yeah, I, I feel like, you know, when you take like that big sigh of breath sometimes yeah. and you're like, oh, and just kind of settle in. I know I have to focus on my tongue, not like wanting to touch the top of my teeth. Um, so that takes some coordination for me to practice, but I do feel like I'm more centered. And I just did, instead of doing my 23 minutes guided meditation with Dr. Joe, that I just accomplished that in what, 15 seconds? Right. It works that way. So I have that, those practices explained right in the first or second chapter of my book, in the Avatar book. It just starts right in the beginning. Might as well start off with the. So we have much more power than we realize. But the, what I call the weapons of mass distraction have been pulling us out of ourself over and over and over until we just feel like more like the slave self. So we all, you know, I just want you to know, you, there's, I say that there's this dark energy, but it's not nearly as powerful as the light inside of you. Mm -hmm. so just claim that. And then that stuff is not going to be able to affect you so much anymore. Yeah, I, I really believe that with like a billion percent of my soul. Yeah. That when I focus back into my own self, my breathing, because I've been focusing a bit on my breathing, I've realized how shallow, like so, so many, the shallow breathing that we do, we don't get into that deeper breathing Yeah. Um, that I have to focus that if I'm off. Um, I used to be out of my body a lot. I'm a lot less this last year. I've been really intently, you know, come on back and connecting in to my own inner voice and just checking in. Okay. Come on back. You know, come on kids. Time. The street lights are on time to come back right. home. And yeah. uh, so I, I do, I feel much more centered. Should have started this before the recording, huh? Could have been <laughs> all like more Zen. <laughs> and I have the before and after. Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what a, what a difference. And so Thank you. Thank you for that demonstration. And um, I now I'm curious, is that we talk about this, you know, this quantum field waking up that avatar uh, within ourselves. And now how does that connect with when we, we when we talk about ascension? All right. Great subject. Sometimes I struggle to like try to connect the two and when I start getting too much into my brain, I think, right? Like, but intuitively I know that they connect, but I'm not really quite sure. So wanted to see if you wouldn't mind helping uh, me and the listeners understand, well, maybe even what's, what is Ascension and then try to connect the two. Okay. That's yeah. a big thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when you throw those big ones out. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Um, 
Well, the word ascension in the simplest level means to move upward, right? So if you go up an escalator, walk up the stairs, you're going through ascension, or if you take off in an airplane. So that's a physical level of ascension. So what it's so on the basic level, spiritually or consciously, it means that everything has to do with frequency and vibration. So physics has proven that everything has a frequency. Okay. So something that's dense in material has a lower frequency, let's say, like, let's say a piece of granite has a lower frequency than let's say air does. And, and so the more, the more higher frequency energy has, the more it moves around and, and has is more fluid and like lower frequency tends to be more dense and fixed. So our consciousness is like that too. Like the parts of you that are stuck in certain, you know, negative habit patterns, or you have prejudices against certain kinds of people or self judgment against yourself. That's a low vibration. That's a low vibrational energy. And anytime you're feeling more in love or you're feeling more kind to people, or you're just outside nature and you're feeling happy or you're with your dog. That's what does it for most people being with their dog. Who else loves you unconditionally besides yeah. your dog? Unless you have a mother, you know, living mother, I guess. It's not totally dysfunctional. You know, so whatever it is, like anything that makes you feel more of that higher vibration, you know, people like. So ascension on the simplest level is when your consciousness goes from that lower dense level to that higher, more light and joyous level. So that's the simplest form of ascension. But what's happening on the planet is that there's a characteristic overall ascension of the whole human um, consciousness of the whole human race. And in ancient India, they said that there's these huge cycles of um, the ages. They call it the yugas, Y-U-G-A. When I went to India as a teenager, I learned all this kind of stuff. So there's long thousands of years they usually say it's like 13,000 years that the consciousness of the planet is in a certain way, like either very high or very low. So the, the Sat Yuga would be the age of light where it, it's just natural for everyone on earth to be pretty enlightened. And allegedly there have been ages of light. Our history books don't talk about it, but there have been before our history is recorded where people were just in tune with the earth and they're in tune with their higher spiritual power and they, didn't, didn't you know if there didn't tend to be conflict like we have now or if there was it was a different nature and then what's happened is then there's other ages where the consciousness of the world gets lower and we're in that we're coming out of the lowest possible one right now there's that's called the kali yuga and we're coming out of that kali yuga where the consciousness is like down in the toilet it's down in the basement and that's why we had world war ii world war one and you know the cold war and now we have you know like like it's just war, 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 every place you look and there's exploitation of and racism and feminine, you know, and, and sexism and willful pollution of the earth. And I mean, all these things are just normal in the Kali Yuga, but we're actually moving, we're at the end of that, we're actually already moving up into this high level age. And the ancient Mayans called it the, the ninth wave. So you know, different cultures call it different things. Like in India, they called it the Sat Yuga or the age of truth. The ancient Mayans called it the ninth wave, and it actually officially started in 2011, the ninth wave. So it's not mm. that long ago. So we're moving into a time where we're moving into it, inevitably this higher vibration of consciousness where we're more in tune with the earth. We have more of our spiritual powers and consciousness. Love is the you know, dominating force and the, the male patriarchal ego that's been screwing up our planet for so long has to let go and let go of its over controlling. And so the question could be, if that's happening, why are things so crazy right now? Like that's an obvious question, right? Mm -hmm. Aaron, how could you say we're moving into this sat yuga? <laughs> well, I've asked myself that for a long time. And what I really get clearly is that this is the death throes of that old patriarchal negative control system. It's like fighting for dear life. It's, it, it, the patriarchy knows it's on its way out. And so it's, it's doing remarkably crazy things to try to claw on for a few more decades or whatever it's trying to do. And the, the sad thing is it, in its clawing on for existence, it may, the damage to our planet could be so bad that it's hard to recover from like climate change. So there is an urgency right now for us to shift it sooner than later. I mean, the, 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 you know, there's already inevitable movement into higher consciousness that nothing can stop, but whether it, how many decades it takes or centuries this will make a big difference to us right now as fascinating as this conversation is we are going to pause 
for a moment and we'll be right back. As a spiritual transformational coach and the Light Up Your Worth podcast host, I have recorded energetic healing meditations to clear out the limiting subconscious beliefs, releasing self-sabotage patterns, negative habits, and to interrupt and heal generational trauma and lovingly guide you through the journey of self-acceptance. Experience the Own Your Sparkle Energetic Healing with the quick confidence-boosting meditation. Own Your Sparkle will keep you grounded in unconditional love for yourself, authentic confidence, and your unique inner sparkle through your journey. To receive your free download, go to www.lightupyourworthnospaces.net. Oh, so in part of that, I really like your your explanation of, you know, the ascension of even just how we go upstairs. Right? Yeah. Like, I think it's, I think sometimes when we have uh, discussions about all of these concepts, they're a little like out here where you're trying to like pull it into like real life of yeah. what that actually is. And I, and I love that you mentioned that it's multiple, um, you know, um, cultures that are calling it different things. And it's already, it's already been, uh, discussed about where we're going for this, like this ninth, I wrote down the ninth wave because I can pronounce that one uh, (laughs) versus the Indian version. Uh, And so, and, you know, we actually have listeners in India, by the way, you know, we have, there's 20, I'm in 22 countries right now. And uh, one of them is India, one of the newer ones that have joined us. So that's really fabulous to hear. Um, And so in this ascension process, does that, does that then mean that at some level, is there this, uh, like, I don't know what, what to use, like a breaking point almost like, um, of when there'll be more people who have been self-conscious and then there's this uh, ratio of more people who are conscious is that's when I'm trying to like connect, you know, the quantum field with like, how does that impact us? Is that more people working on themselves and doing good? Right. Well, there's a, there's this term that I, that's really good called the tipping point. And there was the a word I was Malcolm looking Gladwell. for. Yeah. yeah. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a, the book called The Tipping Point, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. And that book is really worth reading. I recommend it to everybody because he's talking about how massive changes in societies happen from sometimes little inconsequential things that just happen at the right time and right place. And he gives all these examples of how that happened. You know, that, you know, millions of people change behaviors because of one or two people that did something in a certain way. And so I, that really intrigued me when I read that. And I realized that that's how the ascension is, is going to happen on earth is that we're, that there's a, a t- we reach this tipping point where it's like people's heart space and compassion and kind of waking up from being manipulated by all the QAnon and the, this, all these radical thoughts and stuff. And whether it's right wing, left wing, whatever, they just stop being so controlled by all that and just start like, whoa, um, I'm a person and that person I thought was, I've been demonizing is just another person. Like, and that, uh, and man, I'm, we, let's roll up our sleeves and do something about the problems on this planet instead of ideologies and polarization. Like, let's just actually do something. And I think that's the tipping point that we really need to come to very, very soon. And I think there's a lot of hopeful signs that it's already, it's already well underway. But the medias don't talk about it. You know, media just talks about the sensational negative things and the wars and the and you know the political struggles and all the horrors that are going on, which are very real. But they, it doesn't talk about the millions and millions of people who are waking up and are coming together and creating you know like groups of people shifting consciousness. It's not talking mm-hmm. about that, but it's happening. Oh. So I, I feel like we need this. We you know, but I guess the thing I'd say is it is a very critical time and. it's an interesting mixture. Like there's an urgency, an extreme urgency. And yet there's also this thing of like, well, we're just in the quantum field where everything is just perfect already. And yet both those things are true. It's like a paradox. You know what I mean, Debbie? It's like, Mm -hmm. like sometimes I wonder, which is true. Is it that there's this urgency and I got to be so gung ho to try to 
you know, change myself and serve and give back to the world or, or just kick back and hey, everything's perfect. They're both true. You know? Yeah, I love the duality of it all. Yeah. You, you know, I, I have felt that, you know, with um, this last uh, this year, especially with the podcast of, yeah. um, I had last year when it launched at the beginning of last year, I had one episode a week and then I got this download that it, there needed to be more needed to have like two guests a week. Okay. And so I started to do, uh, two guests a week. And then for this summer, everything that's being published this summer, which was recorded, you know, uh, you know, could be up to two months ago, right? That something was recorded is that those are now I'm breaking up into smaller episodes for the summer. So this will probably still be one episode um, just because of, you know, it's not going to be published tomorrow, but the duality, what I've realized sometimes is that it is, um, you know, serving others, helping them spending the time though alone to help myself and realizing when I'm out of balance that I need to pause like and take, um, you know, the word that the whole over, it's kind of overused, right? But the whole self-care uh, is really, you know, not necessarily, I talk about it, it's not necessarily getting my, my, your nails done, which I don't do, but you know, all of the little nice, nicety things that people think of more of pampering yourself, but it's about like getting enough sleep or <laughs> eating the foods that your body likes or, you know, walking the dog, spending time with the dog and feeling connected to yourself. I feel like that's been part of the urgency for myself to get right. Like, yeah, it's great that you want to go help others, but you need to keep, you need to maintain and set these boundaries for yourself of what that means to be able to show up for in service to others. Yeah, that, that, that actually, what you just opened up is something that is kind of like another rabbit hole. Like it's, in other words, yes, you know, self-care, self-love is one of the things that's most lacking in spiritual people that I know. Like, you know, there are so many people that do a lot of service for others and they're healers or they're helpers and different coaches and do all these things that they're doing and maybe eat a good diet and do it to the yoga you know, uh, classes, but they don't love themselves very much. That's like such a weird epidemic. And so I think that's what, that's a big thing is that taking the time to practice self-love and self-acceptance is absolutely essential if we really do want to make an impact on the planet. Because, mm -hmm. and, and then the next part of the rabbit hole to what you just said that stimulated, you know, me to say this is that Everything in, in reality is holographic. Do you, do you know what that term means? No. I mean, I oh. kind of do, but yeah. um, maybe you could elaborate just a, a tad. Yeah, well, like I remember back in, in you know, a long time ago, they had these holographic photographs that came out 30 years ago or something where you can actually see around the corner of something. It's a flat photo. You know, we've all seen those. They're on greeting mm -hmm. cards now and you see them in different places. It looks like a three-dimensional image, and it's and the way those are made is that two laser lights are shined onto a some kind of substance at different angles, and they take different pictures, and then those pictures are com are combined together by a computer, and you can literally see around the corner of the thing you're looking at. So that's a holographic. And so the, the interesting thing about a holographic photo is if you took like a razor knife and cut a little square out of it, and then put the same laser light on that, you'd see the whole image. You know, you, you wouldn't just see part of it. So it means that the every part contains the whole is what holographic means. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you for that. Because I was thinking of Leah and R2-D2 in uh, one of the original yeah. Star Wars movies. <laughs> well, that was holographic too. When, when R2-D2 put out that holographic image of Princess Leah, you know, bending over and trying to hide that little thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the image I, I got. Well. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's part of holographic too. Mm -hmm. So so where I'm going with this is that if you practice self love, you're actually helping save the world because your insides connects to everybody else. Like you're holographic connected there. So when you actually love yourself more, in some tiny way, every other human being in the world is a little bit more loved. I like that. You know that reminds me of um, you know Marianne Williamson's. 
famous, famous poem that she wrote, you know, with return to love, which I quote often on the podcast because it's so powerful about shining your own light Mm -hmm. and allows others to shine their light. You know, who are you not to be? Um, But you're a, can't think of the words I don't have it memorized, but you know, you are a child of God and by shining your own light, you're, you give others permission to shine their own light. That is such a powerful quote. I mean, it's, it's inspired so many people because it's so true. She really, she was really on it. Yeah. Right. That was a powerful download that she had. Um, so I'm hoping that someday she'll hear me talk about her and she'll say, Hey, I think I want to go join Deb's podcast. So, you know, (laughs) Putting that out to the universe too, right? (laughs) For Marianne (laughs) to find my podcast. But um, anyway, I diverse. But um, so you were talking about the whole um, hologram and and by how we're all connected. And then we're all connected then with this whole ascension process of, and then that connects into the quantum. So the quantum field then, with the ascension how how does that all kind of connect okay well in other words like i said little like babies infants are totally in the quantum field like mm-hmm. they have no blockage they're, you're you're born in the quantum field completely aware of the well that's why little children talk about their imaginary friends or they see things that adults aren't seeing and it's very rare that parents really encourage them to take that's real. They, they say, oh, it's how cute to pretend your pretend friends and try to get them onto their digital devices as quickly as possible and suck <laughs> them out of that innocent state mm-hmm. or, or left brain intellectual learning as soon as at the youngest possible age. And that's destructive, I think, because children are in that, they're in the quantum field and they're, and they're very aware of it. So, so we, us adults that are so calcified over with so much mental baggage still have that in us. We just have gotten out of touch with it. So the, so it's not like we have to achieve anything. We don't have to create any new states of consciousness or we don't even really need to be enlightened. Even that's kind of a, a, a false term. It's just a matter of, like one of my favorite quotes came out of this book um, that's sort of channeled by Jesus called The um, Way of Mastery. And I love this quote. It says, you don't need any more love. You don't need any more enlightenment. You don't need any more spirituality. You just need to remove the obstacles that you've put in the way between you and those experiences you already have. That is amazingly true. Like, so ascension is actually just removing the obstacles that we or maybe other people of influence have put in the way of just being who we already are. It's not going to some other highfalutin state that's some kind of bizarre, you know, um, psychedelic reality it's, it's like it's just it's just it's just but, but you know the idea of be yourself sounds like such a, a trite phrase like people everybody would say that but if you really follow it to where it really takes you yourself is the avatar yourself is the christ yourself is god I dig it i mean it, oh well we're in that calm and like what you talked about where the water just rolls off the back of the duck you yeah. know, that all these outside influences of you just standing in your own truth and being who you are with whatever that looks like. And then you're in that process of helping us get to that tipping point. And, you know, in terms of helping with that process, something I'd like to say is that how could we, like, if anyone's, you know, if you're wondering this or anyone's wondering, how could I personally really make a difference like yes if you love yourself if you're kind to yourself holographically you are blessing everybody else but what is there some more you know like a way that would be more powerful or that would touch more people and i have discovered something like that that is very exciting and i call it a quantum activation oh yeah like i I discovered this just by doing, I teach a lot of events. I lead a lot of workshops and, and I, I, I specifically help a lot of people who are already healers or medical professionals to, to get their work up to the quantum level. So that's what I do. It's called the, um, I have had the school called the Bridge to Mastery Consciousness Institute and recently the Lightworker Ministry. I'll talk about that in a moment, but these are, so um, by teaching so many classes or leading so many groups, I started realizing that when I kind of stop trying so hard to say the right words or 
and I just allowed this flow to happen. Like there was sort of like a flow that was coming through me and I just learned to trust it and stop being so mental. People start having these really big shifts very quickly, like feeling like they went into this much deeper state of love or higher consciousness, or they suddenly found that they could, you know, see things about other people that they could never see before, or they could touch somebody and they'd have these miracle healings that they never believed they could have. And a lot of these people I work with are left brain kind of doctors or acupuncturists or physical therapists who have worked more on the, the, the third dimensional physical level. And maybe they have a little intuition and they work a little bit on that level, but sometimes I would work with them and then they'd suddenly find that they could have these much more powerful shifts with people. So I realized that I was bringing through something that I, that was like being like a catalyst to other people where I wasn't really doing much, but they were just having these big awakenings and shifts. So an activation is something that one human being or a group of human beings can kind of trigger on someone else where you just go through a big change for the better really quickly. It's not like it has to be a long process of gradually working through issues and things like that. You just, it's like a quantum leap. You just go through it. So that's what an activation is. Well, I could use that. Well, how would we could finish pour, this? Pour, pour me one of those. <laughs> what would, like to, would like to experience one right now? Oh, you betcha. <laughs> I just, Darren, I don't think I told you too, you know, when, when yeah. we met, I lived in Northern California yeah. and then I've since lived in Idaho, Wyoming, Reno, and, uh, maybe three months ago I moved to Flagstaff, Arizona. Okay. So I'm all about quantum shifts. Like this is like a whole restart here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to live in Arizona for a long time. Flagstaff Sedona really well. Yes, it's gorgeous here. So for anybody listening to this who wishes to receive a quantum activation, and again, it's not some weird mystical thing. It just simply means it's like a kind of like a blessing you receive or a healing that you receive that in a sense brings you to a, a higher level of your, but it's a higher level of yourself. It's not something I'm giving you or imposing on you. It's, it's just, it just helps you to come to a higher level of yourself. So if you would like to experience that, then just silently say yes, because it's always voluntary. I would never impose anything like this on anybody if they didn't want it. So just say yes, if you want to receive this. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say it out, so, out loud too. Yeah. And then put the tip of your tongue on the roof of your mouth. That's again, the same thing I said earlier, that little spot behind your two front upper teeth helps to ground you so your body's more receptive to this. And then breathe more deeply in your abdomen. Maybe once again, say, I call all my energy back into my body and ground yourself to the earth by just simply intending it. You don't have to do some big visualization. Just say, I'm intending to connect into the earth and I choose loving presence. And and sometimes it's even helpful to put one hand over your heart if it doesn't come to you easily by, you know, just to remind yourself connecting with my heart. And now if you have any kind of discomfort, let's say there's, if at this moment you're feeling any pain in your body or you feel kind of tired or you've had some emotional like upset that you're aware of, what you can simply do is um, notice what it is and give it a, a score from one to 10. Let's say 10 being the worst it, it ever is and one being almost nothing. And just say, okay, whatever that discomfort is, where am I in the scale of one to 10? Okay, I have a number. Okay. And if you're not feeling any discomfort, you're just feeling good right now, then, then you could just simply take this in and just notice, just tune inside of your body and just notice what you experience. So you don't have to have something wrong with you to, to receive mm -hmm. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now just breathe, relax, don't try to do anything. And I'm also giving up trying to do anything. I'm just allowing myself to be a quantum catalyst, which I've discovered is one of my superpowers. And it doesn't take a certain amount of time. It just all happens instantaneously. So I just want mm -hmm. you to notice if you had some discomfort, 
that and you had a certain number of one to ten what's what's the number now it went up it went up a couple notches so it's actually more discomfort now for you mm-hmm. okay. no i mean no that went down sorry oh. uh, how i my energy level went up and i actually received like uh i could feel uh like an energetic um <laughs> Let's see how can I compare it? Almost like an internal hot flash Ooh, okay. of energy that came infused into my body. Okay, good. Yeah, so that you received it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I feel hot now. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like I would. I am postmenopause, so yeah. you know any any of the listeners might recognize that feeling. But yeah, I did feel a, a warmth come through the body, and it's like gradually now going all the way down. But it was it was all more about right right around here. Yeah, good. So it was just now like flowing down. So I'd recommend you just simply intend that that heat you're feeling just go down, like you said, all the way through the core of your body down into the earth and ground. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. <sighs> yeah, I don't need to think about it. Otherwise, I get in my own way too. Yeah. So yeah, I hit my feet. It's there. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So what I why I believe, why I'm very, you know, there's two kinds of mystics. There's the optimistics and the pessimistics. <laughs> and the reason I tend to be an optimistic about the planet, even though there's so many dire things going on, is that I'm personally experiencing such miraculous transformation in myself and the clients I work with and the students I, I mentor. And they're passing it on to other people. And, and I just see this wave of ascension is happening. And I know that how powerful these quantum activations are that, you know, I'm one person and there's a lot of other people doing different kinds of activations and upgrade and blessings. So as we get to, there's more and more thousands of people get into this and then millions of people Mm -hmm. that there's a thing called critical mass where there's enough people who are in this quantum field and, and, you know, receiving these, that it literally makes a, a quantum leap and things just change rapidly in the earth. And I mean, I know this may be a very small thing, but I just read in the news two days ago that for the first time, some Democrats and Republicans got together and started creating some some legislation together. I mean, maybe it's a tiny drop in the bucket, but I, I hear little things of like hope of, even though there's such things are so obviously horrendous, that I think the horrendous is the last gasp of this old order Mm -hmm. just clawing on for dear light because it knows it's time is up. That's why I'm an optimistic rather than a pessimistic. Yeah. Well, I'm an optimistic as well. And this has just been absolutely fascinating, Darren. I know how much I've enjoyed our conversation and um, I know that my listeners will as well. And if they're interested in connecting with you, What's uh what's the best way? Is it your your social, your website? What would you uh re- would you recommend for people? The top thing I'd recommend would be to go to this website called um, lightworkerministry.com. And that's like the word L-I-G-H-T, then worker, and then ministry with this in a singular, not not S at the end, lightworkerministry.com. And that's I have so much great, you know, this kind of information on there. And also every there's inf- and then also every um, two weeks we have a live Zoom event that anybody who's a member of that which you can join very simply is invited to. And uh, these of uh, these events are just like what you know if you, like quantum activations, working on empowerment, working on awakening. We do group healings. I mean, I mean it's amazing the things that go on on these and. Uh, and I see people waking up just from being on a, you know, a few of those sessions. So that's one thing I'd highly recommend. I'd, I'd also say, if you like the things I'm talking about, get my book, Awakening the Avatar Within, because it, it, is, it really has, like, so many people have just been loving it. And I have like 64 five-star reviews on Amazon and bestseller with it. So that's a great way to get into this. And then... Um, if you get on the, the list on Lightworker Ministry, I, I frequently offer different kinds of webinars or events and, and then a trainings for people that actually want to learn quantum healing. I periodically offer those. So there's you, you'd, you'd be notified <clears throat> of all that by getting you know on that. 
And then the final thing I'd say is I also still have a small amount of time I spend doing private sessions with people, mostly over Zoom, sometimes in person here in Mill Valley, California. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can learn about those on Lightworker Ministry too. And, you know, nowadays, the kind of people I work with, they're not just saying, you know, my elbow hurts, can you fix it like in the old days? Or I have, they're usually people that are pretty consciously, spiritually aware people who are just feeling a little at a plateau and they just know that there's a bigger level for them. And I help to initiate them into that level. So that's mm -hmm. the kind of work I'm, but they're often, they do have symptoms too, you know, like pains or things like that. But usually their main thing is the awakening part of it. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is beautiful. We're going to include all of that in the show notes as well. Oh, and as well as a, uh, a link on your, to Amazon to pick up the book. And this has been uh, such a delight. Thank you, Darren, for joining me. And just so the listeners know, Darren and I met, gosh, 2016 in a coaching yeah. program, you know, many years ago now. And, um, you know, you just remember people when you make those connections, even though you may not be able to remember exactly what they said, right? Isn't that somebody's famous thing? But you always remember how they made you feel. So you can remember that energetic yes. feeling of, you know, that connection with somebody. So well, um, I'm really grateful that you reached out to me from some, what is it like uh, eight years ago or six years ago? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden you came across my feed and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I started reading your stuff and I was like, oh, this is good stuff. I need to share you. So, well, so thank, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. Debbie. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> if you enjoyed this light up your worth episode, be sure to share with a soulful friend who needs to hear this message. Thanks so much for listening and being part of the Light Up Your Worth community. My heart is full of gratitude for you. You are my inspiration to shine the light of spiritual heart-centered women. Now go out there and shine your own light. Sending you sunshine.